for the players. Then he gets old. Nah, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm still Max Cooper. <laughs> and this is the third time doing it. And this is for the players, the pop culturist PlayStation podcast. There were 40 years of playing PlayStation and 10 plus years in that game is mini combined. And for the 300th time, I'd like to thank you for joining us in this PlayStation conversation. This PlayStation conversation happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. If you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, because we're going to do more than 300. Come check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, Twitter. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join us as the conversation happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopcultures. We can watch us record this show live where you can jump in the chat and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can tell your friends, tell your family about this position pod. If you are listening on podcast services, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you watch us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. And if you want to support us financially, you can at patreon.com slash thepopcultures, as well as our merchandise store, popcultures.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. That's right, Max. This is episode 300. Who would have thought and who would have wanted us to make 300 episodes of PlayStation discussions? Like, holy crap. Holy crap. Well, when I told Ali, she's like, didn't I get you a fucking three last time? Didn't you already hit 300? I'm like, no, it was two, mate. Yeah. It was 100 episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was like two years-ish ago. It was a while ago. A damn long while ago. But uh, yeah, it's hard to believe uh, episode 200. Pretty damn impressive. And like today, the day at time of recording, we actually recorded the first ever episode of for the uh, of the pop culturist. So that yeah, nine years ago to this day, um, uh, Josh and I recorded uh, the first ever episode of what would become this uh, over at uh, 94.7 The Pulse in Geelong Community Radio Station. Fuck, what? I thought that was. I thought this was the moment where you rolled Josh out. Yeah, no, no. Jo- yeah, I spoke to Josh last week. He's like, no. Like, yeah, that's fair. Like he stepped aside for a reason. You know, you know how it works. Yeah, because he 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 started playing Xbox. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He, we we started chatting. He's like, yeah, and I've just uh, been playing a bunch of Xbox. I was like, oh well, that's makes it very hard to for a PlayStation show. But that's all cool, I guess. <laughs> but no, it's yeah. We'll we'll get into. We'll get into that for a little bit. Like, Matt, because you've been doing this for probably like 150-ish. Yeah, I think I think we're at a point now where there, there are more episodes that you've done than that ones happened. that you haven't. Yeah. Which is massive. Because, like, you're coming in as the secondary host, but you're now the primary host because Josh is long gone. absolutely long yeah long. it's it's um <clears throat> it's been good fun though yeah oh, it's, and it's still and it still will be hopefully as we're not done yet now look, i'm gonna be i'm gonna be fucking straight up honest all right i i, I have popped some ritalin to do this podcast today first one i've ever done medicated normally i'm just absolute utter chaos and it probably explains why things are a little dodge because like i normally just used to going with the flows of my body when it comes to doing the show but like i do feel different I thought, I'm going to pop a short acting once to see what happens as I record the show. And it does feel different, but also doing it for 300 episodes unmedicated, it's a weird energy. It's a weird feeling. 
well, not to shake up the norm, I'm fucking real tired. And <laughs> yeah, you can tell your delivery is is hot poo. But no, I've, that... no, I've got a um. You can you can probably tell my my voice is all deep and croaking. Yeah, it's, it's very sexual. Fucking sick. <laughs> That was crazy. But how's your week been, man? Let's get get into the huge. Uh, my week has been interesting. Mm. Uh, I don't know. It's sort of fine. Um, mum's obviously come down for a visit, but I woke up. Um, I woke up Friday morning to just a complete shit show of work-related nonsense. Mm. Um, so I'm kind of in work limbo at the moment. I'm not sure what's gonna happen until tomorrow. <laughs> Um, so for so context, what's the limbo? So, uh, so I, I the company that you work for, the company that I work for has appeared to have lost a contract for the site that I look after. Um, but the company that has taken over said site, um, they were given my contact information by the site themselves. And they're like, Hey, we, we kind of like Max. You should, you should totally hire him. So I may possibly still be doing what I'm doing just for a different company but i don't know yet so hence the limbo that's a whole lot of things it like um, that's a, a bunch something of that I, it's something that i super didn't want to deal with right after moving into my house mm. and having to yeah it's, so i've had a pretty stressful weekend Brilliant. that's always been at niggling at the back of my brain uh and today i spent all day setting furniture up <laughs> um um, so yeah, went out and got a bunch of stuff to <clears throat> to kind of fill out the house because we still haven't really unpacked yet. Yeah, we and you intentionally to... wanted to buy new furniture for the new house, so that yeah. not a lot of furniture came across. You kind of pissed yeah. off all the old so, stuff. You know, we got some chest of drawers today. I've got a bookcase to build to sit behind me here in this. Need a hand? I love flat packs, man. I love flat packs. Yeah, I I do too. Except when I have to put them together with Allen keys. Well, so I'm saying, I'll come help you. I'll come help brother. Out. Alan, Alan keys are the worst, but all the all the furniture I put together today, no, not a single Allen key. Ooh, beautiful. Uh, but in big bold writing, I said, "Do not use drill." I'm like, "Fuck that noise!" I'm using <laughs> <laughs> Instantly. <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> so I think I got home at like two o'clock, and I only just finished the second dressing table at like six thirty seven ish. Because I messaged you at whatever time I was I'm like, "Hey man, um." For episode 300, I thought we could do something different. I thought I could do nothing this week and you could just do everything. <laughs> um, which you graciously did, which was awesome. Yeah, you know, I, I, threw a, I threw a news a, a news doc together, so it's a interesting one. It's um yeah, so yeah, today's been a good bit of hot mess. Nice. Well, they how's your how's your week off been? You Dude, think? so as we discussed last week, I finished up at my old job at Gen U Gamer on Friday of last week. Uh, so I've had this week off, and I'll have next week off as well, starting at the new job at the Manshank on Tuesday, uh, the thirteenth. So it's been cool, like actually, sort of having a week off is is weird it's an interesting feeling because like i i have had time off obviously in the past like around christmas seasonal stuff but mm. never like it's been a while since i've had dedicated holidays where i had nothing to do no commitments just going with the flow and it's been interesting so i spent like the first three days doing jack shit i played so much fucking dead island too and we'll talk about that in a minute and then on the thursday Actually, I kind of felt guilty on the on the Wednesday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday was just a whole bunch of nothing. I did do some stuff. I went and caught up with my kid and picked him up from school on Tuesday and got to like do some some father fatherly things. I got that I didn't get to do in my other job. 
Um, so that's been lovely. Uh, yeah, and then Thursday, I just felt like super guilty for like doing nothing. So I like did everything. I, I mowed the front lawn. I whippersnippered. I did like two loads of washing. I scrubbed the living fuck out of my kitchen. I've, uh, sorry, my bathroom. Like I vacuumed. I, I, uh, I went shop, went proper grocery shopping for the first time in forever. Um, I said a bunch of shit around the house. Just like, I need to do something that is, that is more productive. Uh, and that was fun. It was really cool. I was tired. I was like, cause my other goal was like, I wanted to go to the gym as often as I could in this break. I haven't gone once yet. I'll probably go now. I'll, I'll go tomorrow. I'll go tomorrow. I'll do the next, we'll do it this week. Um, just cause I like it to not, I, for me, I was worried that I would like get slack and I still done a bunch of shit and I've done some like relaxing stuff as well. So another thing I did is I got my, once I got my, my payout from work my my, all my leave and my termination package, I, um, I went and, uh, yeah, well that was, I was going on the way to strippers in true Ryan fashion. I got distracted and I went to uh, pop culture and I picked up uh, a new minis game, which is star Wars shadow point. So for those that may know, like I do, I love paint minis and I've been doing the atomic mass games, uh, Marvel crisis protocol for the longest time. And they've released a star Wars variant and there's all little cool star Wars minis. And they're all in the design of like similar to that artsy design, like clone wars. So they look fantastic. So I spent literally all of yesterday and a little bit this afternoon just painting and building, gashed up my fingers, something fierce with the Stanley knife, and then I glued them back together. So that was by accident. So that was cool and then painful and then good. So that was interesting. But other than that, like in, in those moments where I've kind of been doing nothing, I've just been playing games. And it's been really good to sort of just freely play games. Because as I mentioned, the first three days of whole, of of my break, I literally spent them playing Dead Island Two. So big shout out to the team over at, uh, at Play On Australia for providing uh, the review code for Dead Island Two. You played it semi recently. Now I did say on Twitter that you were done, that you, you you're done with it because you played it for a bit and you had your time and you stepped away to some other things. You haven't finished it, but you've stepped away. <clears throat> yeah, I've stepped away for now. It um, I enjoyed my time with it, so I, I put in about. Eight ten hours. I did. I did that eight. in a day. Apparently, <laughs> I you know I enjoyed that mindless fun of, of killing zombies. But I, I think, as I pointed out a couple of weeks ago, when I <clears throat> when I was originally talking about it, it's very dated. It feels very dated in its mm. genre and in its gameplay style. Yes, that that I would completely agree with in terms of its mission structure because it is this huge open world, but you it is very linear as in like which for me makes me incredibly happy. Like I have this sense that I'm doing this cool open world stuff, but it is it's that open world as in there are regions that like you're in Bel Air and the other region is Beverly Hills and the other mm. region is the hotel and I quite like that though because it allows me to know what's the space that I'm in in the same way that with uh. uh uncharted the the spin-off or was it the lost legacy they had those little open world moments it's like you can freely do whatever you want in the space there's a bunch of missions and specific things to do but kind of have fun with it and by knowing that this is my space these are my boundaries something there should be things of value in here that are worth my time and having to like load screen through areas is a bit weird um but thankfully on the ps5 the load time is really fast not a major problem but one of the things that aren't outdated in the game is its visuals. It is quite visually impressive. And 
way more ultra violent than I anticipated. I was like, it's a zombie game. Yeah, it's going to be violent, right? But Jesus Christ, I did not expect this intense level of violence. Now, that's not a bad thing. Like, I'm not like poo-pooing it for that reason, but it's a lot. Like, a lot. Like, clubbing someone's face off, just like the jaw just blows apart, hit them and their leg shatters and bones, you know, come out of let out of like, it, it's an intense, it's an intense game to play. And I probably shouldn't have played it for three days flat, because that's a lot of stimulus and a lot of like desensitization to violence. But like, the, ca- the characters are cool. But in terms of that outdated setting, like, as you mentioned, the characters do feel very like early you know late 2000s early 2010s edgy you know everyone's like talks to sway you know blah, 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 blah. and everyone's a stereotype which fits with what they're they're portraying in this la environment <clears throat> but like i'm i'm in, i have thoroughly enjoyed my time with it yeah I, like i said i enjoyed my time with it <clears throat> but yeah you can it, it it um it definitely shows its age yeah well considering once again, not visually, just, not visually, yeah, for fun, in a gameplay perspective. For a fun fact, the second ever episode of the Pop Cultures we recorded, which is a week from now, nine years ago, we covered the announcement of E3 where they announced Dead Island 2. So it's kind of interesting that nine years later, like we're fine, I'm finally playing it, which is really bizarre. But um, it's been in your backlog for that long. Yeah, <laughs> which is no surprise. It's like I'm really bad at getting into my backlog, but. Yeah, like there's, uh, admittedly, there's weapon degradation, which we know I hate. But in this game, it makes sense. And I can repair my weapons, which is which makes it okay. Re- the ability to repair them is what's important. Now, the game's fun. I hope, like I said, I I am enjoying, I'm enjoying the, the it feels, because it is the multiplayer aspect, which I haven't, dump jumped into but as of right now i've not felt overwhelmed that i need more bodies in in the game with me which is cool very similar to like the division i like that i can play the entire game solo if i want to and the it's open world with that single like like very focused narrative allows me to go well i'm just gonna go here now (laughs) i'm gonna go here now and like i feel like i'm not being bombarded with side quests either so like there are side quests you can go and wander over here if you want, but you are not, you're not being smashed. The map sucks, but like it, it, it's better than like a an Assassin's Creed level of map just covered in, in icons. But uh, yeah, sure. no, I really really enjoy it, which which is good fun. But in order to like bring myself down from three days of hyper violence, I finally booted up Gas Station Simulator. Don't you roll your eyes at me, Max. That game is fucking awesome. I've been seeing you. I've been seeing you fucking play it. I every, have, time, I, every time I log in, it, it's just rabbits and playing gas stations. Yeah. Like, why? Because the game is mad. It's a silly idea. <laughs> so it's in those like veins, those simulator games, you know, that, that are fun. But for some reason, the repetitive tasks of them really makes my, my ADHD brain happy. Because it's just like, go to this, go to that, go to that, go to that. So it's kind of that sporadicness of, of my brain. And it's small repetitive tasks that I go over here. I quickly, do, 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 quickly serve a bunch of people at, at my at my register. Run over here, fuel up a bunch of cars. Run over here, take a shipment. Run over here, get the garage, replace the, you know, fix the person's car. And then repeat. And then go over here and do this and clean up the space and... It's a it's a st- absolute stack of fun. So I've got a a, a, a level five popularity 
uh, gas station. It's level four overall. I've got a mechanic station. I've got a warehouse around the back. I've got the ability to sell a bunch of different items. And like knowing that there's a, a road diner sort of game slash expansion coming off in time and the games talk to each other. I'm really excited to see like how that ties in now that I'm sort of building up this. Yeah. It's, it's it's absolutely stupid. Like in terms of it's literally a simplified version of of, of running a, a gas station, which even down to the monotony of scanning each individual item at the register, which if anyone that's ever worked in like retail, like a service station or hospitality, like a fast food chain, fucking blows. I did it. It blows. I worked it in like a convenience store. It blows. But I don't know why I like it here because I know I can leave at any point. I don't have to work there full time, I suppose. But it does make me very happy and I've thoroughly enjoyed it. I'm glad you're enjoying your time. Yeah. Being your fucking gas station dude. Look, it's better than like what you're doing, right? Hanging out and fucking slaying big old demons or whatever in Diablo. It's to me, not. it's better anyway. Nah, you're crazy. How goes that Diablo? Well, I was going to say before you before we jump onto the Diablo train, what, what's the last game you've been playing this week? We uh, we played a Friday night. Hey, Street Fighter Six. So thank you to the team over at, at Turn Left uh, Distribution here in, here in Australia's. Uh, we will provide a review code for Street Fighter Six. Now I have only played it the once with you, so I have also only played it with you. <laughs> yeah. So Max and I were like, "Hey, we got a code. We downloaded it with our sweet cable internet. It was done pretty quickly. Like, Let's get this online a bell." We jump in and we go into this lobby section and. It was super weird because you have to create your character. So we go in and you've got to go to an arcade station and then you've got to like pick sit your character before you sit at the arcade station. It's a bunch of unnecessarily fluff to just matchmake with someone. Yeah, and then if your opponent uh, accidentally agrees to play a ranked match against a bot, you have to wait longer. <laughs> yep. I accidentally flicked the toggle. and was like, boop, ranked match. And I'm playing against some fucking random bot. And, um, it was, it was really weird. And also park. Yes, there did. I did get the alien conga line. So part of the gas station simulator, you build a bus stop and party buses stop and just like destroy your, uh, buy all your shit. And there's a line of people dressed as aliens coming in. They dance and they buy all your fucking cigarettes and, and newspapers and they fuck off. But yeah, so Street Fighter. So like, obviously you're a more Street Fighter aficionado than myself. I've always been Tekken, but I did find a gentleman in the game who plays like Eddie, which is great for me because that's the only character I'm really good at in Tekken. Yeah, you like kicked my ass. Like very, like Smashed it. Very, but like, then you went, how about this guy who looks like a pimp Saruman? <laughs> yeah, pimp Saruman was a bit overpowered in my opinion. You, instead of, his name's JP. His name should be OP because Jesus Christ... He obliterated me. <clears throat> yeah. So apart from the, like the the weird matchmaking words that we had, there I'm assuming there is a way that is easier to do it. Like I think you could create your own room, and then you can probably invite friends to that yeah. room. We didn't do that. We kind of just went to the battle hub. We sat down at our at our arcade machine and just went like, "This is you. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is you. Cool. Sit down at the right spot." Um, not having a rematch with change rematch with character change is fucking dumb yeah so we had to we had to finish up the match we had to leave the match get off our arcade machine reselect our character in our little mobile phone sit back down and go again now granted like i said you and i have only spent that time with it um 
So we played what three or four rounds, I think it was. Oh, uh, very, very yeah, we like played, yeah, like four or five matches or something. Like, like we just started, so I tried Blanca and he was too heavy and slow for me. I hated him. Then I tried Ryu and he was cool. He was fun, but that 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 uh, the Eddie Gordo we sort of Capoeira one was the one that got me going. Yeah, because you gave it. Because you gave like ten. I did. Dallas Sim or Dallas Sam or whatever his name is, the the, the stretchy the stretch Armstrong. Yep. Indian, <laughs> um guy. Intense yoga apparently. Intense yoga, yep. Um and then I did, yeah, I think Ryu or Ken, whichever one you, you did. Didn't you do. did Ken. And I also did uh the woman whose head looks whose hair looks like a Spartan helmet. She was oh, yeah, she- brilliant. Yeah wrecked your face but visually the game is fantastic you mm-hmm. and i were playing and having no major like yeah, hitches delays nothing like it uh, felt like you cause we were obviously party chatting at the same time and like it felt responsive it felt like everything landed as it should have worked as they were supposed to and yeah, yeah every everything felt good it felt feels fluid you can definitely feel the difference between the characters as mm. well like there's certain characters which are just heavier and slower and feel more weighted than than the rest of them which is cool but yeah i very much enjoyed my time with it um i look forward to playing more i do want to dive into the world tour mode yeah like the story mode is what is always enticed me with these games because i'm Mm. bad against people but story mode i think this is the first one that uh street fighters ever had i think so especially in the way they're wanting to do it like tekken's done arcade style yeah like tekken's done story modes but even then the story mode is just cutscene fight cutscene fight cutscene fight and i imagine this is probably the slight variance in that you can go around into a hub world because yeah. like we discussed last week with the demo you went up and just went and fought some old woman and got your shit kicked in <laughs> yeah but uh yeah so diablo that's the other one that you've been spending some time with. yeah so <clears throat> um i was lucky enough to have diablo 4 gifted to me so wonderful friends for your housewarming <clears throat> yeah so my Not friend me. group had been We've been super, super keen to play this for, for quite some time. Um, and obviously with, with my move and whatnot, cost me a little bit more than anticipated. And they were like, hey, are you still getting it Friday? I'm like, probably not. You know, things just got out of hand. And then I got an email overnight on the like the day before launch saying, hey, this has been gifted to you by Blake, my old housemate. Oh, lovely. So, huge shout out to him. Love you, Blake. Um, so there's a group of eight of us who are all ready and ready and raring to play because, you know, we've all been recently playing Diablo 2 whatever the, the remaster. remaster was. Yeah. Eight players. Diablo 4 is four players. <laughs> so we've kind of split into two groups of four. But with the launch of Early Access being at 9 o'clock Friday morning, I haven't been able to play during the days. So everyone is way further than I am. So you just sort of uh, grind out a little bit, you reckon? So I played Friday night for about five, six hours, went and got got from level one to level 30. Hey. Uh, then I had another big session last night, got from level 30 to level 40, uh, with the level cap being 100. Mm-hmm. So like slowly getting there. Uh, we just hit the group I'm playing with. We all just hit the end of Act Four, mm-hmm. and I believe there's six or seven acts. So we're about halfway through the campaign. How is the it's campaign? Still, 
The story's pretty meh. Like it's just it's just your Diablo game. Um, I haven't really been following it too closely. I'm I I just like the loot side, the like that that loop, the gameplay mm-hmm. loop. So I am playing a sorcerer at the moment, <clears throat> playing uh, an ice build. So the two people that I'm playing with are playing a barbarian and a necromancer. So I kind of just come in, freeze everything, and just keep everyone crowd controlled while they kind of tank for me. Mm-hmm. It's been great fun. The visuals are stunning. Um, they've they've kind of shied away from that. Diablo three was very bright and very. Um, colorful, whereas this still has the crisp textures that Diablo 3 had, but they've toned it all back down to be more in line with what the original Diablo and Diablo 2 color palette What are like grays, up. browns, the, those reds yeah, and from so the fire, very, very dull, very muted colors. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily, and it looks great. Um, a lot of the, a lot of the, <clears throat> a lot of the enemies have reused, so you've still got a lot of the. A lot of the things you've seen in previous games are still here. A lot of the bosses you've seen in previous games are still here. Um, but if you enjoyed those types of games, this, again, is an easy recommend. Fantastic. Um, I'm, ha- I'm having a blast with it. At the moment, I will probably be playing more after this. I, I actively considered playing it. However, I don't remember my password to my Blizz- BlizzNet account and my I don't have the Authenticator app anymore. So even if I did remember, I can't authenticate it because ca- I can't log into my Authenticator app. And I tried everything I could to get around it and it's uh, the only way by the looks of it is contacting Blizzard Austra- like Australia directly and being like, hey, I can't get in. And that seems way too much effort for me to not really give a shit. So like that's it's on my list of things maybe i should sort out the battle net whatever but the last time i used it was playing wow back in the day and the problem is it's like what was your first wow thing i'm like i don't fucking know probably betson i probably should oh that's probably good i probably should call, probably just call him betson hmm. either way uh of course other than that is there anything else you've been been dicking about with uh, not really i've you know i haven't really been playing much this mm. week because Pretty fun out. I did also spend a bit of time, excuse me, with Skatebird. Um, so Skatebird was a game that we saw <laughs> in a, I think it was a showcase of some sort. It was essentially this little Tony Hawk's pro skater game. Uh, very, in, very indie with a bird as the player. So it's kind of the idea of this little budgie, little, little uh, lorikeet, little rosette. You can pick a bunch of birds on a skateboard and you go around like this bedroom it's it's awesome so we've had the code for a little while uh i've ticked about with it a bit my son had a fucking rad time with it he's like this is hysterical so he made himself a little cockatoo with sunglasses and a scarf and a, and a set of headphones and then proceeded to just like stack everywhere and he he hadn't he had the best time in the world so does it play like tony hawk or does it play like skate uh, it plays like Tony Hawk, so in terms of a cons- of a control scheme, it's very simple squares and you know X's and all, all that simple stuff. It does it does have that sort of floatiness to it, but also that janky indiness to it, which is which is fun because it is an indie game, and to all to all its credit, like it is very fun for that reason. But like it just it doesn't because there's no campaign. Like you go in there and you go talk to other little birds in your rooms. Like, hey, go do this now. Like, I don't feel it quite has the strong controls that Tony Hawk does. Like, it's the same input design, but it doesn't have the same <clears throat> feel. 
Yeah. Feel, yeah. Does that make sense? It doesn't feel as tight. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. Which is which is a problem. But I'll spend some more time with it. Have more to say uh, shortly. Big thank you to the team. Uh, one thing I do more Jedi Survivor further on in that game than I was before. Uh, and additionally, uh, additionally, I should say I am now the first ever world WWE 2K23 GM champion of my of my lounge room. I won. I the- thought, <clears throat> as I as I heard myself, <clears throat> I thought you said you were doing shit compared to the other two. Oh, I, I was. I was. But it, everything turned around. So the problem. So this is the thing. So in the GM mode for twi- for 2K23, they add they added the addition of Hall of Fame trophies. So they're trophies that you get or achievements that you get throughout your season that benefit you in other ways. So you have your standard metrics, which is your your fan total, your money total, and then they've added the introduction of these Hall of Fame trophies, which is you know earn X amount of money over the season, uh, complete this many match types, do this many challenges, etc. I until the second last uh, show before the WrestleMania, I had only one trophy where both Phoebe and Craig had two each. So I had like the only one I could achieve in that short window of time was do eight TLC matches in one season. So I just backhanded my season with tables, ladders, and chairs until it popped on the show before. And I was like, yes, brilliant. So then I, and because I just happened to have the most amount of more, the more fans but I was coming third because I didn't have those Hall of Fame trophies. So suddenly I shot up from third to first in the second last week. Then comes the pay-per-view. I play a bunch of cards that's like, you know, retain my fans, free crew booking, free this, duh, duh, duh. All these things I stacked up, even down to oh, the show before it was I had this, uh, I picked Kurt Angle as my GM. Shittiest choice. However, except for these one clutch moments. So what it allows you to do is when you do charity promos, which are which are part of the, the each show is booked by match promo, match promo, match. We were playing on easy. The card that I used allows my promos to be free and doubles the amount of fans that I get out of it. So what I did in the and sh- and the the go home show, which is the show before the pay per view, I had The Rock versus The Miz. They like they're building this level four feud, ready to fucking party for the pa- for the pay per view. I get The Rock to cut a promo. He's got level five mic skill, so it's the best possible result that I could get. Bump fifteen thousand fans. Didn't cost me a fucking thing. Skyrockets me even further into the next one following show i just pick a bunch of uh, i use a bunch of cards that i had stacked up was like if you're doing a last man if you're doing a uh, whatever match you get an added benefit boom 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 and i had a card that says you retain most of your fans from the show so instantly i went from like third to to the winner in like two two episodes of the of the of the of the mode it was awesome i was actually a really like good winner i thought i expected to be an absolute garbage person be like the fucking worst winner in the world like yeah rub it in your face you fucking nerds blah 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 and i did a little bit but i did hold hold it together i came out the victor and now uh as part of the agreement of the new season um, we're, we're starting again with a new draft now that we know what we're doing and the the, paper, the belt will be defended at every pay-per-view, so every five weeks in-game. Um, the belt will go on the line as it should in every pay-per-view, so I'm expecting it to change hands a lot um, rather than keeping it for a whole season because that's 25 weeks in-game. It's a long time, so we ain't going to do that. 
Now, Maxing is as we as we did. We'll do it. You know, we did post up the an NGL and not gonna lie over on the socials, which allowed us to get. Some, I did get some questions, and I was thinking rather than like lump them at the end, I'm gonna scatter them throughout. So let's let's answer a couple before we head into the news. You keen? Sure. So to celebrate episode of 300, as I mentioned, we thought let's open up the floor to anyone that wants to throw some questions at us. We'll have some fun. Phoebe in the chat goes, I was robbed. Yes, you were, because I came out of nowhere and I kicked your, sh- kicked your shit in. Question number one. Now, a lot of these are probably just from like the app itself. So question number one, is the earth flat? No. Dumb question. Next. No, nah, next. All right. Some of these are just the stupid ones from the app. Ever gone skinny dipping? No. None of these are fucking PlayStation related. Or, quite, or show related. How do you feel about COVID? What was your fave subject in school? These are all lame. Here we go. Here's one. Which upcoming PlayStation game are you looking forward to the most? PlayStation exclusive or just game on? I'm going gonna, gonna to read this as PlayStation exclusive. And I still have Final Fantasy 16. It's a console Well, it's technically it's a console exclusive. That is true. That is true. Because <clears throat> like, that's an easy answer. At, at the most truthful, mm. I guess. <laughs> it's coming in, what, like four weeks? Mm. Yeah, not even. Three weeks? Yeah, not even. That's pretty, pretty quick at all. For me, um, let me let me see. The, ch- the challenge that we have is that we don't really know what's coming, and that makes it difficult. So if we think about what we know is coming... Oh, fuck, I just say Spider-Man 2. Yeah, Spider-Man 2, Wolverine... <laughs> factions and now we've got concord and fair games factions is never coming i've decided that it's it's abandoned us yeah it's it's yeah it does feel like something like neil Druckmann did a you know hassan karaman on us which is a bit shitty um (laughs) he hyped himself for fucking two and a half years and went nah it's not going well yeah like i guess like the the shortest answer in that case is once again of the things that we know has to be like on like Wolverine, really, and I say I said that because more excited for Wolverine than Spider Man. Well, yeah, we know what Spider Man is. I know it's going to be good, so like I'm not worried about it. Like for me, what I'm excited for with Wolverine is how are they going to do it? What kind of Wolverine they're going to tell? Is it going to be an R-rated game? Are we getting to like fucking schnick people and like stab them and shit? And and like, that would be the best part. Like, are they going to take a lot of inspiration from like Hugh Jackman? Or are they going to go the more animated series sort of, you know, Wolverine? Like, what suit are we going to wear? Are we getting like the one with the pointy eyes? Like the pointy head, stupid headpiece? Like there's- Two Batman kissing? Pardon? Two Batman kissing? Yeah, two Batman kissing. That's what we get. We get on on, uh, on Logan's face. There's a bunch of different questions there that, that I have, and hence the one that I'm probably most excited for. Whether it be, as MGB in the chat says, the classic yellow suit or that brown one that rocks up occasionally. All right, we'll do a second question, and then we'll jump into the news, and then we'll come back for more questions after this. So they ask, what has always been your favorite part about doing the show? Do you go first? You go first. Oh, yeah. I see what you did it. Well, we've said this. Oh, yeah. We've said this on multiple occasions. It is, despite the fact that, you know, we do the show, this is the one time we kind of hang out each week. Mm. It's 
we'll be doing. So just that social aspect is is probably the best for me. Getting to meet all the people that I've met, um, having the opportunities that now are available to me. It's just doing this fun little show as a as a as a side gig has really um, you know been fruitful to a degree. Like it's just. <clears throat> it's you know all the perks are great and being able to work with so many fantastic um like pr teams publishers all that stuff is great but it's just getting to meet all the people has just been amazing mm. so yeah, it's been really fun i'll be answering i'm gonna give you a cop-out answer the, my favorite part my always favorite part of, of doing the show is being doing the show so you know the idea for for the players came from the closure of place uh, of when greg and uh when greg and colin stepped away from ps i ps i love you at the time when colin left kind of funny so but it's it's no no secret that that both josh and i were very heavily inspired by the likes of podcast beyond ps i love you and kind of funny so when that when that ended we went well we want to do it. I love PlayStation. And at the time, you know, Josh loved PlayStation Just 2. Just <laughs> And the same thing. We were looking for something to do. At that point, you know, Pop Culturist was... Did you, ever, did you ever think it would come this far? No. But I, I also had no idea, right? Because, like, we you know, at that time, we were casting our net wide. We were doing movies and TVs and comic book and all these different things. And we're like, well we learned that like what we're doing is, is not the right idea because we're touching on a bunch of small thing. We're touching on a bunch of things really small, but why not do something that a, we know about, we care about and we're passionate about, and that'll come across in the show. And I think that's why 300 episodes later, we're still doing it. I'm still excited about it. I still care about it. And I think that comes from getting to do something that I'm passionate about and that I truly care about, which is PlayStation and all the other benefits that come with it, whether it be, you know, being in a position where, you know, X amount of years later, we're able to get review codes, we're able to be part of the industry, which is something that I never thought, I never thought that would ever exist. I, I you yeah. know, I kind of, I kind of brought it into fruition, just kind of like, well, let's give it a burl. And then by connecting to the right people and being friends with, you know, making friendships, like that's always been a real big advantage is, is just like the amount of cool people I've met doing this show, whether it be our friends like Paul or, you know, the team over at Well Played or the Explosion Network guys or Jono or the 8-Bit crew, you know, and then of course all the publishers like working with PlayStation Australia where they've invited us to cool shit, which is insane. The team over at like 2K uh, and like, you know, just you name it. Like we've worked with everyone at, at some point and there's a bunch of names that have really that have been very incredibly helpful and whether it be the names of, you know, they no longer work in the industry, but they're still one of my, they're still a dear friend of mine is obviously Kat, who we met, who we met in the line for Resident Evil 7, uh, the, the remake, uh, sorry, the Resident Evil 7 VR um, at an EB Expo. And we were just talking smack in the line and she came over and we just started chatting. I made, you know, a genuine friend and, you know, other people like Mikey, who has bounced across. We met at Ubisoft. Now they're, they went to 2K. Then they're at Five Star. You know what I mean? Like there are names that I see and that people that I know, even Con over at like, over at Square and Bandai. Like these are incredibly awesome and kind people that still give us the opportunity. Because mm. the other thing that, that I really love, like there's a couple of things that I love. And the other is that we still get to do this. You know, we, we have a small viewership. 
and it really hasn't grown or changed in a number of years. We've kind of, kind of stayed pretty steady. There's new, new people come in, but it's kind of never enough to really make massive change. But what I really love is that by working in the micro community or the micro influential space that we do, the in people that we connect with care more because what we do is so targeted and specific and we get to make really cool friends with with listeners and community members and that in itself is something amazing Mm. but i guess the big thing as you mentioned is the social aspect like like think about like you know obviously for josh and i like we both had busy lives he had kids i had kids you know we didn't catch up all that often so forcing ourselves each week to come together and catch up and socialize and talk about the things we love was great and then getting to shift that to you as well mostly <clears throat> because you that and I, I missed i do miss the the in-person shows oh me too most yeah, definitely kind of like fucking fuck that shit up yeah yeah it's covid but you know even even then like you know you and i were friends but you were, you were my ex-wife's friend like you met Mill, you knew Millie first. You knew her since school. So we're kind of just yeah. acquaintances. And then, you know, we saw like we've grown up what I would consider a really fucking good friendship, you know, in that yeah, time. It's fine. It's fine. You know. it's fine. <laughs> but you know what I mean? You and like, week off and you didn't come and visit me, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're doing. You kid, you said your kid was sick and shit. I'm not going to hang out with your sick kid. I'm still, I'm still sick. <laughs> they have no say, like, I'll come help you build some fucking shells. Um, and I think that's probably one of the biggest parts about it for me is like how yeah, our friendship has grown and changed in, in the oh, 150 yeah, sure. episodes that we've done. You know, it's, it's been that alone is, is incredible and something that I, that I truly dig and um, I'm very, very grateful for. Yeah, no, it's been, it's, it's been a hell of a journey. Oh, <laughs> I still, I still, like I said, I still can't believe it's been 150 odd episodes with me now. Yeah. Like it's, yeah. Cause like, I, I mean, in a way, like, you know, we started pre COVID. That's what, like, fucking three, four years ago now. Yeah. I was really like skewed my aspect of my fucking time, <laughs> my, my vision of time everything's kind of hazy the before days mm. yeah do you want to do one more before we go on the news oh. all right that's some breaking news too that happened like 15 minutes ago oh shit all right well it's it's on addicts okay cool we'll get into this one and then we'll jump into it so the question is uh, we got so we've got a bunch of questions but most of them are from the app being like have you ever gone skinny dipping do you have any tattoos do you, do you like do you watch harry potter uh, fuck them i want playstation ones so if you had to choose which generation had the better exclusives overall, PS3 or PS4? Ooh, that's a toughie, isn't it? So the PS3 has advantages in terms of that. I think there are there's a lot of groundbreaking IP that presented itself in the PS3 era, which led into PS4, whether that be the likes of Infamous, Uncharted, The Last of Us, um Killzone Resistance obviously Killzone Resistance didn't really make Killzone made its way to PS4 Resistance didn't but like God of War sort of like God of War 3 on the PS3 Heavenly Sword Heavy yeah. Rain yeah Demon Souls Demon Lord Souls obviously people on the PS3 uh, uh Metal Gear Solid 4 Sons of the Patriots Guns of the Patriots whatever it was uh, and then PS4 it, uh, it's tough but then PS4 had a lot of big ones itself, whether it be Last of Us Part Two, Ghost of Tsushima, Days Gone, God of War, uh, Infamous Second Son. 
it's really tough. Like for me, in terms of doing what I do now and the way I cover games, obviously the luxury that we have to be able to play so many games, that all happened in the PS4 generation for me. So I have a lot more of a stronger affinity to the PS4 generation just purely because of exposure. But I also do love my PS3. And even so much so that I'm currently like trolling through Marketplace to try find a, you know one of those 60 gig backwards compatible PS3s so I can start playing some old PS2 games again for some reason. So I'm on the hunt for one of them. If anyone knows how to get one for a reasonable price, let me know. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's going to be PS4. I'm going to have to say PS4 as well, mostly because that, that is a very personal look about looking at it objectively. But objectively, I would say a lot of the... A lot of the games that were the, the exclusives port, like first cl- first party PS exclusives on PS3, have what led into the success of many of them in PS4. So you couldn't have one without the other. But personally, I have a lot more time for the PS4. All right, let's get to the section we call "Inform the Players." We tell you about what happened this week in PlayStation. Uh, What's so breaking quickly, news? I'll, I'll throw in. Um, Capcom has published a new survey to ask players. That's, Resident Evil that's, not, that's not breaking news. That's in my news doc, brother. Is it? It is. It's in the quick bits. Oh, it's in the quick bits. I didn't see it. It's in, oh, yeah, it is. Yeah. Oh, that's right. It only popped up on my feed like 10 minutes ago. Eat a bum. Ah, I already broke that like, sweet all right, news. All right, let's go. Oh, you've started off with stuff that I want to talk about. That's so right. I, look, I, I, knowing that you were like getting in on this, <laughs> I, I'm gonna oh, I front all, load it with things that you would love. You've done the talk, so it's all laid out very differently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> all right, let's talk about Final Fantasy 16 specifically. Apparently, we're worried about pre-order numbers. So there, there are the slightest rumbles beginning to emerge that Square Enix is worried about the release, uh, the, the release for pre-order numbers, despite an aggressive marketing campaign, which has seen producer Naoki Yoshida jetted around the world and a lot of gameplay footage shared with fans. We've had, um, what we got that, that like thirty odd minute PlayStation uh, big state of play, yeah, big state of play on it. <clears throat> They've kind of been dropping things weekly from for for a while now. So writing as a part of a Patreon post, uh, journalist Imran Khan has teased a little, a little insight into what he's been hearing behind the scenes. Quote, I had heard recently that Square Enix is panicking slightly over Final Fantasy 16 pre-order numbers, which are tracking behind Final Fantasy 15, even accounting for the lesser number of launching platforms. Uh, end quote. He wrote before stressing that pre-orders are only an indication of guaranteed day one sales and not actual number, The not, and that the, the actual number could blow everyone away. So... Um, I mean, all their bloody collector's editions sold out instantaneously. Mm. So, and they were like 600 bucks a pop. So like, um, I don't think they'll be too concerned. I think in, um, people, a lot of people have been burnt in recent history with pre-ordering games that they weren't sure on. Yeah. Uh, you look at the likes of Cyberpunk, you look at the likes of, uh, what else was Saints Row? Uh, there's been so many games that have released quite broken at launch recently mm. uh, that I can see people having hesitancy, especially here in Australia, <clears> where <throat> the uh, the uh, the RP of a brand new game is 125 bucks. Um, you know, we're in the midst of a fucking cost of living crisis, and people just aren't don't have that disposable income to blow 125 bucks on a game, especially if they're not sure what it's going to be yeah and um, i so a lot of people could be holding out for that for that you know review drop or to I, see some gameplay before they 
before they try it. And I think with with Final Fantasy fifteen not being as like well regarded as it really like could have or should have been, and people were like, oh cool, and then they played it, and we're like, uh, like I remember that like the initial love for fifteen wasn't as much. Anyway, definitely. So what I've just pulled up as well, I've just pulled up the pre order bonuses for Final Fantasy fifteen. And it's not much. It's like three little items. It's actually really quite disappointing. So there is no, like there's some digital content to incentivize a pre-order, but that's it. There's no, there's no like get the game early. Yeah, there's, there's no, get. No... there's no early access. There's like three little trinkets really. And I think with that, that lack of incentive to pre-order and knowing that people will just buy it on the day, whether it be physical or digital, yeah. I, apart from maybe like early download, like maybe once the, the pre-download goes live, there might see a boost. But like, do you, th- like, I don't see this as being a major issue just yet. Because no, I don't think it's an issue just yet. We're what, still three and a bit weeks out anyway. Yeah. But as, as you said, like from a physical pre-order, like the only may, like there are like deluxe editions, but they're just like steel books, nothing really exciting, right? But like that statue was instantly unavailable. Yeah. You know, so th- th- there's that to consider as well. But I guess, you know, f- do you think that a, a drop in pre-order numbers should be something we, should, we would worry about? Again, with the with the with recent history of games being released broken at launch, I can I can understand the hesitancy yeah. of consumers. Like I can't tell you the last time I pre-ordered a game. Now, granted, once again, the very privileged world that we live in, it's not something that we need to do because we're very lucky that we get access to games. Like the only thing I've ever I've pre-ordered would be any collector's editions, like God of War Ragnarok, or other than that, I don't yeah. I don't I don't pre-order. Standard games, deluxe editions, I just don't do it. If I wanted, I'd get it on the day. It's not an incentive for me. But I also agree with you and your, your consider, things that are considered why someone wouldn't be doing it right now. Um, also, uh, apparently, as spotted by users on Reddit, there is a demo showing up on the PlayStation Store for Final Fantasy 16, but only if you're browsing via mobile. Mm. So now, hopefully one will be coming soon. Uh, we did get, I think, two for 15. One was like mm. a little um, side style, um, like a little side mission where you uh, had Carbuncle uh, doing its thing in it. I think it was in like a, what I vaguely remember to be like an Alice in Wonderland crazy mm. house. And then we, we had the one, <clears throat> the bigger one where you got to drive around in the open world and play like a little chunk of the early to mid section of the game where I completely busted out of the out of bounds. Like I remember that, yeah. Straight through the physical wall and just went, oh, I'm going to go explore over here. Um, so hopefully we get a demo. I'm I'm so keen to play this game. Yeah. So we, like, we've got our request in for review copy. Um, no idea when that will arrive, but... We, you know, like, so, like, the idea of you getting a demo between now and then, I'm sure, gets you excited. Oh, like, would you check yeah. it out or are you going to hold off and keep it? No, I think I'll definitely check it out because um, I would love to compare what, um, where that slice is, mm. if there is a demo, where that slice is, um, they put it. Ah, yeah. very nice. Very double noise. So, uh, Raider Type R has resubscribed with their Prime for 24 months. Thank you, Raider Type R. A name that always pops up. It's been popped up for the longest time. So, thank you for your support, my friend. But like for myself, I'm keen for their beta demo because I like the look of 16. It intrigues me. And rather than having to spend dollary dues to pick up the title or wait for the... If I can like dip my toe in now and go, okay. Because I didn't hate Final Fantasy VII Remake, right? 
it was cool. I, I enjoyed it enough. Right. But I know like if it, if it pulls me in enough, I might consider it. And the demo is a great way to do that. Speaking of Final Fantasy VII, though. If, they, if, there's, if there's some farming in there, you're, you're sold. Yes, most definitely. You can jump in this one. I'll let you Sorry, do it. I'm just, I'll, I'm just yeah. That's right. I'll let you know, juice up that, that throat meat. Mm. Uh, all right. So as you as you alluded to, uh, there has been some Final Fantasy VII Rebirth news. So Square Enix has taken to Twitter this week with a number of posts on the upcoming Final Fantasy Rebirth release. It stated... Question, how is development progressing on Final Fantasy VII Rebirth? With the answer being, development is progressing smoothly and according to plan. We are currently working on nailing down the release date for the game. Uh, this is from Yoshinori Kitase, the producer. Uh, the next question was, how will players journey through the world of Midgar differ in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth to the original game? The answer being, players will be able to journey across the wide and multifaceted world with a high degree of freedom, experience a myriad of different stories along the way, this is coming from uh, Naoki Hamaguchi, the director of the game. With the last posting being less than 24 hours from uh, now, we will see if there's anything throughout the week. Now, this this was allegedly coming this year? Uh, yeah, I believe it was the back end of this year. They gave the... They gave the um, what was it? Like fall... Mm. Winter. Winter 20. Yeah, so December... Our, our summer. Yeah, so December through to February. So it's going to likely fall into 2024, I reckon. Probably like late well, January, yeah, I'd imagine. I think, it, I think it technically said winter 2023. But um, yeah, but from, a, from a, a, a fiscal year, which does like cross over that line, um, I think, you know, because the, the fiscal, whether it be the fiscal year from like March to March or June to June, um, yeah. It would, you know, it still fits within that that category of of of, of winter twenty twenty three for the US. Yeah, for sure. But does it, so obviously that with their with the the problems that Final Fantasies had in terms of release dates, whether it be the release date of fifteen getting announced, brought forward, and then pushed back, then this the 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 date for. 16 being released and then delayed. Do you think there's just a hesitation from Square Enix to commit for Rebirth? Necessarily. I mean, it's two different teams working on Rebirth and 16. Mm. So, no, but I mean overall, like, because obviously mm. with so many changes to the production pipeline for many com for many developers, committing to any sort of release date is risky in and of itself. Yeah, for sure. It, it's hard to tell. Mm. Um, you know, pure speculation. Um, they may want to distance themselves from their own game. Like, yeah, I guess even so right now, like it's, it's interesting that themselves room, room to breathe, so to speak. It's interesting that we're like a couple of weeks away from the release of sixteen, and people are already like, yeah, but what's the next one? Yeah, that's interesting. So, but like once again, for you being the big fan of Final Fantasy Seven. Tattoos I, on I, your I guess I mean I guess the difference between this and uh, between that uh, the difference with that is Final Fantasy VII is a part two of three, mm -hmm. whereas sixteen is just its own standalone adventure. So a lot of the people like we really liked part one. When do we get to play part two again? Like yeah. when do we when do we get the next thing? Whereas 
<clears throat> 16 is, is its own self-contained story. Does the idea of a wide, multifaceted world make you excited? That sounds very uh, yeah, open I mean, world slash I mean, open world. Was, seven, seven was open world. We, you know, the majority of the central part of Seven is you flying around on that fucking broken ship, a broken airplane where you can only fly on shallow water. Because you know, I haven't, fin- like, I didn't finish Seven Remake because I got distracted. I got to the Colosseum bit and then I just got bored. Yeah. Um, but my understanding is that the end of this game is what leads into the second disc of the uh, of the yeah, much, of the game, much. which is when the when the game opens up. Yeah. So, like, what they're saying here is kind of what people should have already really expected. Yeah. So I think it was more of a what can we expect to get out of it? Like, how far of this world can we travel before it's like, hey, this is this is our cutoff point. Interesting. Because it's not like it's not like we can just pop our third disc in now. It's you'll have to wait a couple of years to get to where they're going. So, speaking of games, we don't have dates for Spoots. He's got a bunch of Spooderman news this week. Uh, First one I just titled Symbios. uh, uh, Yeah, Symbiosis. So speaking of IGN, Marvel Spider-Man 2 creative director Brian Interhar talks about Peter Parker's symbiote suit design. He teases that the outfit's origin will, quote, tie into why it looks a certain way, end quote. In other words, there are are narrative reasons why this version of the suit doesn't quite look like the symbiote costumes we're used to. As you'll notice, it kind of looks like it's kind of like, it looks kind of weirdly low rendered, almost like this clay over the body rather than looking like the suit, whether it be from the, say the Spider-Man 3, where it's just the suit on the outside, it's a black version, etc. cetera. Uh, so Interha adds that there's quote, more to that suit than we've shown in terms of visuals, end quote. So we can look forward to discovering those, he says the Tom Next design team aims to keep some familiarity, but also add new elements, much like the team did with other suits in previous games. But the new suit isn't just for show, though. While playing as Peter Parker, you'll be able to use his symbiote abilities, which make the character play much more aggressively and with greater power. Intar calls his new finishes, quote, some of uh, some of which we saw in the gameplay, quote, borderline brutal. So this aligns with some of the observations that we had with that trailer in terms of the tone of the voice for Peter is different. Like the moves are very aggressive. Um, I, I am initially sort of hesitant, like post trailer thinking we've seen the symbiote in a story in a number of different ways, whether it be in games, in movies, in cartoons, like it's one of the most heavily used stories ever in Spider-Man aside from fucking uncle Ben dying. So I do wonder what they're going to do here that is narratively or characteristically different. And I hope that by having the suit appear in a different way, whether it be its potential connection to, um, what's his face? The guy that plays the, the, uh, Osborne, but the younger one, Harry, Harry Osborne, uh, whether, you know, it's a space ooze, like in Spider-Man three, you know, or, it, you know, if it's like the comics where he picked it up from some costume shop thing at some point, I'm excited to see what it is. And I'm glad that they're doing more to it to, to give it more than just, he has a black suit now. Yeah. I'm just going to rip through these because we've got quite a lot. So the other one is Swapsies. So so now, speaking with Eurogamer, that same creative director, Brian Idaha, elaborates on how character swapping works in Marvel Spider-Man 2. Quote, when you're playing the main story, we, we control when you switch between Pete and Miles. It's done in service to the story when we're making those switches, for sure, he says. 
but then you'll be able to, in the open world, freely switch between them with a simple button press. So, we're in the middle of a main mission, there will be a set moments that control that, so where control switches between Peter Parker and Miles Morales. But, if you're just free roaming around the city, just swinging around doing Spooderman shit, it sounds like you can swap between Spideys whenever you want. And it sounds like there will be reasons to do so. They've also, uh, so they've also added, quote, we have, we have content design around Peter, and we have content design around Miles, and we have content where you can play as either. It uh, adds that, that, adding that the game also features unique and, uh, unique and shared skills trees for both protagonists so as mgb highlighted in the chat so very similar to gta however the the transition time in gta 5 from one character to the other made me never want to do it because it was so slow it was so long yeah on ps3 yeah <laughs> but even on the ps4 version or the ps5 version i felt that was the transition was still kind of slow you pulled out you held held and then you went in. But I hopefully with the power of the SSD and other marketing terms that you'd get that instantaneous swap. This sounds like this game should have been multiplayer co-op. Or the option. That option was the rumor mill for so long. I understand in the single player narrative where it's like you're not playing as two. I think the ability to do it in an open world space. I mean, in, in saying that, like, Miles doesn't just fucking fall off the place or off the face of the flat earth. He's just, yeah and it's one of the and to add to that as well like apparently there's enough space to go around because hey this time it's famitsu same creative director brian hitaha explained that with the additions with the additions of the new areas such as like queens and brooklyn alongside manhattan the upcoming sequel will be quote roughly twice the size of the original Quote, these two neighborhoods are a bit smaller and more residential, so they have a different charm than Manhattan. We have prepared some unexpected situations that we have never seen before, such as the battles using the river that runs between the neighborhoods, so please look forward to them, end quote. So, the traversal is different, as we saw in the trailer with the wingsuit, which allows them to, to fly over areas that don't have buildings you can whip from. But you're right, like this allows for there to be a lot more room a lot more space so if you do switch between characters like are you going to be over in queens are you going to be go over in in brooklyn like what where are you going to go does the big a bigger map entice you yes and no mm -hmm. um it's cool to always see new stuff because then you don't get the oh they've just recycled assets Mm -hmm. um but at the same time more space means more collectibles which means more time consuming yes so, so there's like that there's that part of me he's like ah oh, really yeah but like spider-man <clears throat> had such cool like one of the best one of the things i liked most was going around and taking the photographs of all the the famous places mm -hmm. so having more of that stuff is cool like those little tidbits of like here's the avenger tower he is um luke cage's bar he's he's, he's sanctum sanctum he sanctorum yeah right? that's cool and getting like little pieces of background information of those awesome so to see to see hopefully more of that mm. is cool always getting to explore new areas is cool um it's just yeah it depends on how how quickly we can zip around like if, if it becomes like one of the one of the main things that i enjoyed about um first spider-man game is despite the fact that it had a fast travel point 
the traversal, the point-to-point traversal was so fun. You didn't mind if it took a little bit longer. Yeah. But it was nice to have that option of like, it's like, it's like hey, I'm, I'm, I've got a short time to play. I just want to get to where I need to get to. But it, it, it all depends on, you know, how, what your options are to get from new location to new location because it is tedious traveling sometimes. And I, I think that was kind of line up with my point. So what the point that I was going to make, sorry, is that I think the traversal of Spider-Man is so good that the idea of going to other areas and just like finding collectibles actually isn't a bad thing to me. Like normally if you like have to go through an area and there's like 30 collectibles and like, Ugh, I have to like climb shit and go over here and do that to collect all these things. But if I can just like swing everywhere and just pick up cool shit along the way, fucking fantastic. Absolute to, win for I me. I have to whip shit. How many fucking ravens before I get there? Yeah. Like how many, oh yeah, Odin's birds do I got to find? Painful. All these different realms. Gross. All right. Because we have a stack of questions. I'm going to break this one. I'm going to drop another question in before we jump into the next, bit, next two bits of news. The next question that we received was congrats on episode 300. Not a question, but I like it. Thank you very much. Do you listen to many podcasts yourself? Max, what podcasts do you listen to? I haven't been listening to podcasts for quite some time. There's still the few that I dabble in. Um, I I pop in on the news to reviews guys mm-hmm. every once in a while. But lately, my my audio listening at work especially has kind of just been taken up or up with audiobooks. Oh yeah, nice. Um, you know, over the last couple of months, I've done. Um, I redid Harry Potter. I redid Lord of the Rings. I redid. Um, I tried to do Harry oh. Potter, but the person made Toby sound like them. Like, <laughs> Um, so I, I've got the versions where Stephen Fry is. Oh shit! Can I have him? No. Oh, did you get him from like? I'm an audible. Oh, I'm an audible boy. <laughs> um, so yeah, I've I've done those. Um, one of my favorite authors of all time, Raymond Feist, has a like a thirty book hey. saga. Uh, my partner Faber, she is a massive fan of Raymond E. Feist. Like she gave um, me the Magician to read. Oh, dude, the Magician's so cool. It's where it all begins. Yeah. And then it ends with the magician's end thirty books later. Thirty. <laughs> uh, it's like it's like eighteen ish. <laughs> um, I've read those books back to front like a good three times each. Mm. Uh, they're fantastic. Yeah. So at the moment, I'm not really listening to podcasts. I'm more I'm doing audiobooks at the moment. Nice. But yeah, I'll dabble with it the big ones every once in a while I'll, I'll i'll pop in and you you know watch a kind of funny or watch a um a dlc or a uh, something like that but for the most part yeah i'm just i'm an audiobook man nice. so i myself I didn't even me. listen to this show when i was gone for two weeks because i'm a piece of shit <laughs> thanks um I, look, I i don't listen to i listen to like a very select few so the ones in my regular rotation are sacred symbols which is you know colin moriarty's playstation podcast because a he's great he's informative it's you know it's my main source but other than that like it, it is mostly playstation podcasts the other two i listen to uh uh the dual sense podcast which are friends of mine out of the u.s um I, i've guessed on their show a couple times love it great show uh, then there's also another show out of the US called uh, PS. This is awesome. I listen to them quite a lot as well. But there's, of course, our. our name. That is a good name, yeah. And there's also our Australian PlayStation Podcast brothers in 
in Explosion Network with Platinum Explosion. That's a, a, a weekly rotation for me as well, just to see what the competition's up to and obviously support my friends. Um, but outside of that, like, I, I really kind of keep shit pretty simple. It's it's that I've I've been absolutely destroying uh, the Always Sunny podcast, being a big fan of the Always, Always Sunny in Philadelphia. Um, you know, uh, Rob McElhenney, Charlie Day, and Glenn Howerton have been sort of watching their old episodes and doing pods for it. So I've listened to about like three months worth in the last week, just kind of catching up. Um, the other one that does the weeklies for me is a show called Unnatural Selection, which are three friends of mine that do a weekly political podcast uh so that's how i sort of keep up to with political news to sort of they you know the interesting thing about them is they've got george who's very left uh, sorry they've got george who kind of does the centrist approach where there's tom um who's a good friend of mine he he's very left-leaning in a lot of ways and then there's adam who's like center right so they kind of have this very good dynamic where they hit all the major points from all the angles but it's all very light-hearted and funny um which which is great, and then outside of that is the wrestling shows I listen to, whether it be uh, primarily the, like Going in Raw is the one I check out the most, um, but alongside that there's also uh, the, the Well Played DLC podcast. Like I don't listen to as many as I used to. Like I don't listen to Kind of Funny or anything anymore. Just kind of it lost me. I tried to listen to PS I Love You, and it just isn't the same. Like I think the dynamic of of Greg and Colin is what sold it. And then now that Colin's over there, I really love the, the dynamic between Colin, um, Dustin, and Chris Reagan. But I just don't find blessing that entertaining. So I don't really like Pierce. I love you. So, yeah. And I kind of, I'll jump into other shows is like if there's an episode that intrigues me or a guest or something that I just kind of jump out at. Now, this one's more of a statement. So I'm going to read this one out. I just, well, I went to the next one to make sure there's another question, but I'm going to read the statement instead. And then we'll jump into the rest of the news. So this one says, I've had almost lost my love for video gaming and thought I may be getting too old to be a gamer. Then I came across the Pop C, which reignited my passion for gaming. Now it's a massive part of my life and I listen slash watch every week to keep me in the industry loop. Thank you for everything that you do. Happy 300. Thank you. Massive thank you to whomever uh, sent that one on through. Because it's one of those things where the difficulty of podcasts is it is very one way and it's very hard to, to have that re return unless you do the Twitch live streams like we do, or, you know, you're active on socials, but even not everyone wants to jump on socials, right? Most people are just happy to consume a podcast and leave it at that. So it's really nice when we get to hear sort of things like that. Like when we, where we received that lovely, um, the comments on YouTube, uh, that the gentleman that we mentioned, who was the, the you know the truck driver, who listens to us while you know, we keep him keep him energized and focused as he uh, somehow we keep him awake but can't keep ourselves awake. Yeah, we're like struggling to stay awake, but yeah, you know that's always a blast. But so whoever did send that one, thank you so much. It actually means a lot because um, obviously this is what keeps me excited about gaming and even yourself, Max. You know, like because you're coming in with um you know like you don't have the cynicism that like i I'm have getting you're I'm getting, getting there i'm getting there like when you first came into the into the show you're like everything's exciting and i'm like yeah. it is but like get ready everything is awesome everything's not so awesome everything <laughs> is not so awesome uh, let's get back to the news all right uh awesome Metal Gear Solid, the original voice. It has been reported that Konami are having the original voice cast return for the upcoming Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. However, it's more 
<clears throat> more like they will just be reusing the original dialogue tracks. In an interview with The Verge, Tommy Williams, head of communications for Konami in the Americas, has confirmed the news. Um, and I don't even know why this was a, a news piece, but so shocking, no one, um, Kojima is not involved in this. Mm. <laughs> nor nor is just, the uh, the artist. Yeah, yeah so... Yeah, Hideo Kojima is not involved in the development of Metal Gear Solid Delta Snake Eater. The remake is led by Konami itself. With Konami itself, sorry, with itself. Konobi, yeah. from <laughs> Konobi, from Port Team Virtuous Studio, and artist Yoji Shinkawa also is not part of the production either. "Quote: They are not involved." End quote. A spokesperson for Konami has no. You can't. Me. You can't argue that one. Uh, the statement then continues to say, quote, the development teams will work hard to create this remake and also the ports for Metal Gear Solid Master Collection so that they can be enjoyed on multiple platforms by even more players all around the world. Look, I understand that people would have been like, is 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 the re- relationship repaired between Kojima and Konami? No, of course it fucking isn't. Like, I clearly... Never will, never will be. Yeah, there is like some destructive level animosity or like bad blood between those two parties. And I don't think anything would have brought them together. Right, it just wouldn't have happened, um, and like the the artist, you know, uh, Yoji Shinkawa, he's over at Kojima Productions as well. So unless Kojima Productions are heavily involved in this, now, now, granted, Virtuous, I don't believe, have officially been announced as the development team, as they're keeping it sort of quiet. I think they're based out of Singapore. So in the chat, they ask, uh, "Are they an Aussie team?" No, I'm pretty sure they're based out of Singapore. Um, so. It's interesting that like Konami are throwing it off to some support studio, really. Yeah, double check for me where where they're located. But there is no way. Like now, granted, Kojima is, I believe, the lifeblood to Metal Gear. He's the one that brought a lot of what made Metal Gear, Metal Gear. He's the father of it. But it is a Konami IP. They can do whatever they want with it in any extent they wish. So they don't need him. I I mean, I think we spoke about it last week where Kojima posted on Twitter saying Kojima was never his. Kojima will live on. Sorry, Metal Gear. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Metal Gear will will surpass him and and live on and and do all that without him. Um, yeah, Virtuous is, is headquartered in Singapore, but yeah. they have studios across. Yeah, they're like scattered around the world, but their head office is in Singapore. Um, so the, the, the thing here is because like Konami also sort of made a comment that like, hey, um, you know, if like if you're wanting more Metal Gear remakes, like let us know and like obviously fund this. But the thing that concerns me here and also shout outs from Alex in the chat. Greetings from Russia. I wish you a good stream and a good mood. Wow. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate you stopping by. Um, I There's a lot of concerns here that, that originally didn't like worry me until like I thought about it and pondered on it um, and sort of looked at some other information that came out from other opinions. So go, that's a very good point. Whether it be like, why are they getting this fucking like side studio to do it? Like Virtuous are fine, but really like that's not great. And even then, like, as you meant, you know, with, with, with the news here of the voice actors, like they're just using the original dialogue. Obviously they might get David Hayter back in to record some more snake shit, but like, primarily they're just using the old stuff so like it feels it doesn't feel quite like obviously to the extent of say a final fantasy 7 remake which i think they would never do anyway but it doesn't even feel to the equivalent level of a like a resident Evil 4 remake or a resident Evil 2 remake like it feels like it's not even that like they they're touting it as a remake but it may even just be a fancy pants remaster but not even yeah 
And like, I'm, I'm obviously I'm excited to play it, but I'm just as excited to play it in the master collection too. So like, I, th- there are reasons that we shouldn't be too excited. There isn't, we can still be excited, but there's re- very clear reasons that we should be hesitant as well, which I think is something that we need to consider too. Um, just before you dive into the next one, um, I just want to point out that SGDQ has wrapped up, which I'm really bummed about because I totally forgot it was on this weekend. Uh, so that's Summer Games Done Quick, the speed run. Oh, yeah, nice. Thing where they raise, um, so this year they were raising all oh, this this quarter they were raising uh, money for Texas without borders and they raised a total of 2.239 million dollars jesus christ and i missed the whole bloody thing i love watching gdq ever twice a year um and apparently it just wasn't on my radar i actually think this is earlier than they usually do it yeah because like yeah, um, ga- yeah games on quick it doesn't seem to it, feel, it, it feels like it shouldn't something that happens in june it normally runs twice a year there's there's awesome games on quick and there's summer games on quick yeah um so yeah, it's, it's a bummer. Um, a few of the streamers that I watched took part, but yeah, two point two million dollars—nothing a lot, um, you know, nothing to scoff at. That's, that's massive. Solid, solid effort for speedrunning games. Now, uh, MGB in the chat does point out goes that so Konami did do Metal Gear Survive and that one Metal Gear game on the NES. Um, they're talking about yeah, the Metal Gear and Metal Gear Two Snake, Solid Snake, yeah. which are there part of the part of the collection. Yeah, Metal Gear games, but Metal Gear Solid games. Yes. So obviously Metal Gear, Metal Gear Survive, and there's also like Metal Gear Revengeance as well, which was the kind of two that weren't really had had Kojima involved, and that showed. Like Metal Gear Survive blows. Like I had fun with it because it was stupid, and I knew it was stupid, so I went in expecting it to be stupid. But like the long, there was no longevity in that game apart from like the three times that I played it. It was bad. It was very bad. And like so, it is one. It is wondering whether like that Kojima is that secret sauce. Like he is that little sprinkle in there that kind of gives is, it that pep. Is the is the MSG of game? Yeah, is he the MSG of the of the Metal Gear series? All right. Last bit of news before the quick bits. It isn't a Di- it isn't Diablo launch without some server issues. Smiley face. Diablo 4 is available at right now on your PS5, your PS4 via the four days of early access granted by the Ultimate Edition, and many users are encountering an error due to licensing agreements. This is preventing them from playing the game, but it may be a problem on Sony's end rather than something Blizzard can solve. The developer is at least aware of the issue and is actively investigating as community manager Pez Radar writes, quote, we are seeing reports regarding PlayStation users experiencing invalid license errors. The team is looking to, into this right now and will update once we have more information end quote pc and xbox series x s xbox one players have been able to play since the game went live uh and suggesting that this may be a sony specific issue now yourself uh you're playing on pc so i assume I you've not PC. seen any so of these issues i i did have one issue mm-hmm. um so i preloaded the game did all the did, did all that fun stuff uh went to load it up uh launched night mm-hmm. early access launch night so this was would have been like 12 hours after the service had been live it's like hey beta service and no one no longer active dude and i'm like well that's bullshit i'm like force updates like there's no update your game's up to date i'm like okay close reopen it's up no beta service is still down man like can't connect to the server i'm like what the fuck like i'll do a repair install um repairs everything and i'm like ah oh, this is booted up again nothing i'm like ah oh, this is fucking pissing me off reboot my computer computer turns back it's like Hey, there's an update. Hey, guess what? There's updates. Those servers are cool. Fucking 10 meg update and the Ooh. game was fixed. <laughs> Just like fucking piece of shit. I told you to do an update. And he's like, no, man. No, it was too date. small. We didn't ping it. 
If any, uh, we just thought that was the package that we sent to ping the server. Like, we didn't realize it was so, actually yeah, no. something. So yeah, after a quick reboot, everything was solved. But yeah, I've I've had no real issues. Had some server problems last night when I was playing, where I was just randomly dropping out of parties. Yeah. Um, which is really shit for a shared world um, progression for mm -hmm. for campaign. Um, because it sets you all the way back at the start of the fucking dungeon when you rejoin your friend's world. Mm. So we had to reef. We had to fight one boss four fucking times because we kept getting booted. Brutal. So that that was annoying, but it wasn't too bad. <clears throat> Considering the fact that it is an early access weekend, um, and they've had like three, I think, open beta sessions, with the last one being a fucking server slam. It's actually been pretty good. Yeah, I, th I think they were it's smart and they knew. But wasn't the big problem with with Diablo three? Was it the the server? Or was it the auction house? I remember one of the things was the thing that broke it. Um, I don't know. Well, they 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 got rid of the auction house really quick. Yeah. No. So was it that was it just general connective server issues? I, so when they first launched, I can't remember because I don't I didn't play Diablo three at launch, so I don't uh, I don't remember. It's been like eight years or something like that. Yeah, it's been Diablo a while. Three. Quick bits. Quick bits. Uh, PlayStation PlayStation's Days of Play event is back once again from June 2nd to June 12th. Uh, there are multiple sales across PlayStation 5, PS4 games, along with accessories and peripherals. Sadly, no cool limited console or controller this year. Yeah, so previous years they've released like, you know, cool design PS4s like the 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 PS4 at my old house. Um, it is the lovely, you know, the royal blue with the gold, you know, design on top of the slim, which is, which is lovely. Um, but yeah, no special fancy pants, face plates, or controllers or yeah, anything. So this is the, as MGB puts in the chat, PS Plus being a bit cheaper is cool. This is generally the time that I re-up mine. Yeah, I'm going to do mine now. Um, but mine also... I'm debating whether I drop down from uh, Deluxe. I, I am. Yeah. I am. I'm not, I'm not on Deluxe yet. So far, nothing has blown my skirt up. No. Apart from Harvest Moon, Back to Nature. That one's pretty cool. Everyone should play okay, that okay. game. Whoa! Uh, <laughs> PlayStation Five showpiece Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart has, is jumping to PlayStation, uh, PlayStation jumping to PC on the twenty sixth of July. Uh, Nixus is finally earning their game yeah, apparently. which is fantastic. Obviously, yeah, Nixus is the the PC port studio that they picked up. I believe they did a Horizon as well, so they're they're yeah. there to do what they should be. Now, the thing that that intrigues me the most about this is that a lot of the discussion piece around Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart was this could only be delivered on the PS5 because of the SSD, and so like my question is like, what kind of demand is this going to put on a PC well, allegedly? I, I, I mean, to be fair, I think it uh, was the fact that they're like we're not releasing it on PlayStation 4 because it requires an SSD. Yeah, I, yeah I and I guess most PCs have SSDs. I don't, I don't think it's a... We can, you can only play it on PlayStation 4. Like, no PC would be able to handle this. Although, in saying that, with how fucking horrendously Last of Us ran but, on PC... But once again, Last of Us wasn't done by a first-party okay. studio. It was ported mm -hmm. by the same fucks that destroyed the Ark of Night port, right? So, like... <laughs> don't take that into consideration however like returnal which allegedly used took advantage of the playstation's Re returnal's fucking power hungry dude yeah returnal's that's what i'm saying so like is this going to be a circumstance where it's like its specs needs it's going to be brutal mm. also fun fact by the way max uh so i spoke out i reached out to my good friend ethan over at tag mods oh we, is he we, finally going to give me my controller back? oh I can, i'll do that when yeah so he's going to build me a pc I, i'm going to throw him a lump of money that i got from my payout oh, i'm going nice. to get a new pc so my uh first gen ryzen uh, uh gtx 970 is going to be as obsolete as it should be so, so what, you're, what you're telling me is we should have made a pop c steam account instead of max just claiming all the games on his steam account. possibly possibly <laughs> sorry we can work something out we'll make it work um 
unlike Sony and apparently CD Projekt Red, who are currently not in talks for an acquisition. One of, the, all the one of the weirdest things that came out of this week was like, Sony allegedly wanting talks to acquire CD Projekt Red. I'm like, why? Fuck yeah. The Witcher coming to PlayStation. Nah, like, dude, once again, if you think about PlayStation were the ones that were the, the most vocal about Cyberpunk's fucking garbage performance. Like, they were the ones that pulled it from the stores. The others didn't. So, like, like, why would they want to be in that conversation? And a big part, as MG, you know, as the chat points out, is like, you know, the CD Projekt, uh, so CD Projekt Red are owners of GOG, you know, uh, what is it? Good, not good. Is it good old games? Good old games. You know, on, on the PlayStation. And like, granted, now that would be a good incentive if they wanted to, you know, ex restrict their PC ports to a marketplace. But I don't see them wanting to do that. Like PlayStation, like, oh, chuck it on Steam, right? Because the idea is they don't want to create their own launcher. And that is part of, would be part of the purchase, but like, they're not going to just buy the development team of the Witcher and like they're, if they're going to have to buy the whole fucking thing. And I don't see that happening. It's about as bizarre as the idea of them buying like Capcom. Like Square Enix still seems like a maybe a possibility one day, but like, or 2K and Take Two was the other one. Now that's never yeah. going to happen. Are you insane? <clears throat> a newly registered web domain for quote P5T. Uh, appeared last month and now has multiple updates and a file called p5t.jp could this mean more persona for max i wrote i mean i mean they've been the rumor mill's been that we're going to get persona news for the fucking longest time yeah like, well because isn't yeah i'm sure atlas will do something over over the summer's game fest and with the success of persona 5 and the persona 5 royal wouldn't surprise me uh gta 5 is also I, I got really editorial in a lot of these just heads up cool uh gta 5 is finally getting an update where you don't have to mash the x button to run only took a de decade old control schemes blow that's fine i didn't mind hitting x constantly you fucking shit um, me you solve that problem by not running in a game where you can drive cars that's or fly plane yeah that's how who fucking runs in gta uh capcom has dropped a survey online for the oh fuck i already said this news i broke it earlier yeah, yeah. So it's essentially Capcom have put a, a survey up where the last question, like, it's about Resident Evil as a whole, but the last question yeah. is like, you want more remakes? Let us know which one you want. So like- Code Veronica. Yeah. Give Code Veronica. Code Veronica is fucking dope. Give us Resident Evil Zero. Add some more in there. I don't know. Do five, I guess. Um, Maybe. Don't, don't do six. Yeah, no, no. Don't do six. Don't, don't do, do mercenaries. Don't do mercenaries either. Mercenaries was fucking shithouse. But like, you know, maybe they can redo five and not make it seem so racist that you're murdering a bunch of black people in Africa. But like, there's a lot of things there. But if they're redesigning four to kind of create this new narrative, this new shared story and connecting them, like, why not? Do five again. Make it better. Uh, Sonic creator and the face of the ass backwards battle in Wonderworld, apparently, according to, to Ryan here. Uh, Yuji Naka could be sentenced to two and a half years in prison. After Actually, no, Rez Resi 1 remake. They did it, but like, give me Resident Evil 1 in like RE2, the RE engine. Give me that. Uh, yeah, Yuji Naka, creator of Sonic, could be sentenced to two and a half years in prison after admitting guilt on insider trading charges. Additionally, has been fined twice to the tune of 2.5 million yen and 170 million yen uh, or slightly less than 1.5 million USD all told although Naka's defense team is seeking to have the amount lowered as reported by uh, denfenminkogamer.jp 
In Naka's specific case, it was alleged that he purchased stock in two developers using privileged and confidential information to make the buyers ahead of the public announcement of the new games. I believe Square Enix was one of the ones that he had insider knowledge on, bought a bunch yeah. of shares, and then got like obviously made cash. Uh, sucks to be him. Yeah. Uh, the next Ubisoft forward will drop at 11 p.m. AS, uh, Australian Eastern Standard Time on the 12th of June. Expect to see live updates on games such as Avatar Frontiers of Pandora, Assassin's Creed Mirage, and the Crew Motorfest, as well as um, uh, they're doing Skull and Bones, right? Yeah. <laughs> Jokes, that's not going to be there. Um, oh, and uh, the Assassin's Creed Nexus VR that hasn't been confirmed for PSVR 2, we may get more news. Yeah, so Ubisoft uh, did make a post saying that uh, Assassin's Creed Nexus VR will appear at the showcase, at, at the whatever. But uh, yeah, so apparently I can't wait to throw up when doing a fucking fall. Yeah, just like, and, bleh, and then land in a hay bale, getting like horrendous vertigo and dying. So if you are based in Sydney, Ubisoft Australia are doing an event for Ubisoft Ford at the Fortress. Uh, coincidentally, this might be the Tuesday that I start in that I go to Sydney to start my new job. 11 p.m. is a bit late. Uh, I don't know how long the presentation is. Maybe I'll sneak out and go fucking watch that. Um, cool. All right. Maybe. I'll think about it. Uh, PlayStation 3 Bro Shooter Bulletstorm is getting a PSVR 2 version. Cool. As long as you can keep... Okay, next one. There's a lot of me editorializing this one, just so you know. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in, in the words of Ryan Betton, Activision boss Bobby Kotick blames, quote, outside forces, end quote, for firm's poor reputation. Personally, I blame him for being a genuinely evil person who has knowingly allowed the company to mistreat and exploit their work for us. Yeah, there's no external, there's no outside forces there. So you're just, you're just a shit heap. Mm. Bobby Kotick, you absolutely fucking dumpster person. Don't pull up the blame. It is you. You cunt. Uh, Fire Axis, the dev developers of XCOM and the more recent Marvel's Midnight Suns has been hit with a round of layoffs. As reported by Axios, as many as 30 employees have been let go from the company, which is owned by parent company Take-Two Interactive and published by 2K Games. I never finished Midnight Suns and I, and I forgot the game actually existed. Maybe I should go back over my time. I think it comes out soon for previous gen consoles. Oh it? yeah, I forgot it was coming to the PS4s. Just, Might have already come out. Have you checked honest. out the Hogwarts on PS4 yet? No, I'm waiting for the Switch version at the end of the year. <laughs> <laughs> um, Raf Grissetti, the former art director of God of War team Santa Monica Studio, has today announced he is joining Netflix to help create. Well, a, not today. Quote, whenever this. I pulled oh, this yeah. from fucking Quote, somewhere. a new original IP AAA game for Netflix. Yeah. Oh, I, I didn't pull up the upcoming game, so I don't know where you fucking pulled that from. So. Yeah, I'll pull it up now. I'll just manually do it. It's all good. Um, the Mullet Show asks, I watch, uh, mentions in the chat, I watched Midnight Sun stream the other day. I kind of liked it. The game is really cool. It's like, awesome. it feels like Marvel Crisis Protocol, the mini game I like to play, right? You know, in that, like it's it's card based, it's like tactical, it's grid. You know, it's it's, it's like playing a miniatures game in a world. And then you also got all the persona, go back to your, the mansion and try to smooch people and like finger blast blade or whatever, the, whatever the, the, the game did. Um, you definitely finger blast blade. Okay. Yeah. Minimum, the minimum finger blast blade. <laughs> Make like Tony also, Stark and Doc Strange Mac on and shit. Also, um, I put this in the chat with, um, in our group chat, but like fuck Facebook. Just <laughs> real quick. I'm going to go on a quick Facebook rant. After, um, not Facebook, fucking Netflix. Can you go on a quick fucking Netflix ramp? Um, so it turns out the for the for the longest time they wouldn't uh, they wouldn't announce how much money they made in Australia. Mm. 
And it turns out in 2021, they made like 30 million, mm-hmm. something like that. In 2022, they made just over $1 billion. And now they're like, yeah, it's not enough. Everyone can stop fucking sharing their passwords, please. Yep. Fuck them. So, fuck, they are a fucking garbage dumpster company for that reason. Now, my greatest concern of this is the precedent that'll establish. Next thing you know, Stan will do it, Binge will do it. Everyone well, will start doing well, it. And like, I hate Amazon, that they're Amazon. making me torrent again. Prime Prime Video came out with one uh, with a with a picture of their four uh, user icons. It's like anyone who has the password for the account. Yeah, <laughs> like we don't give a shit. Like, wouldn't you rather have someone subscribe to you at all? Because Netflix, like Netflix, aren't good anymore. A lot of their major licenses have gone off to other other support other services. Like, and their their originals aren't keeping up in any major quality. I have it because my kid watches shows on there. That's it. All right. Upcoming games. We have Amnesia the Bunker coming to PlayStation 4 June 6th. Oh, yeah. Diablo 4, PS4, PS5, June 6th. Tour de France 2023, PS4, PS5, June 8th. That is it. All right, cool. Well, Diablo is obviously a big one. Oh, um, and- oh shit. Loop 8, Summer of Gods, PS4, June 6th. Oh, I'm glad you, my glad you didn't, are, didn't skip on that so, one. Yeah. Uh, yeah, big ones, Diablo, really. Yeah. Or Tour de France, if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, Tour de France. France. Yeah, you get to option whether your your cyclist has one or two testicles. Which I'm just going to make the same good. joke, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Custom creators. All right. Let's check what other questions that we have and we'll finish up the show. Well, this is a good one. I like this one. Uh, Max and me, what games or game genres have each of you tried that you wouldn't have if you if it weren't for the show? Oh, sports games. 100% sports games. Sports and car games. Um, uh, mainly to the, like, huge shout out to the team over at 2K. I get to play sports games that I don't normally play. Mm. And I have loved a lot of them. <laughs> um, turns out I'm, I may be a sports guy only if I play it virtually. Yeah. <laughs> I think for me, it's a lot of indie games that I probably wouldn't have checked out. Like had codes not been been accessible to me, um, you know whether whether it be the key mailer or the email blast from those smaller distribution teams like Stride or yeah. or whatever, and like something will come up and I go yeah I'll give that a bell, and I've like happened to like, hey yeah why not and like it's allowed for really great opportunities for genres that I never would have really enjoyed now whether it be roguelites I think roguelites or, or ro- you know roguelite roguelites like mm. lights I wouldn't have actively sought out had they not either been recommended by you or become available to me, whether it be likes of Death Door, Dead Cells. Um, there's another one, like Hades. You know, games like that, I would have gone, yeah, that's no, not for me. But like having to, like playing them here because they've been available to me um, has been a blast. And like sport games, I guess, because MLB The Show has always been on my list. I do like that. Like racing games, is, as you mentioned, like not always a big for me, like less for like Need for Speed Underground. But yeah, I think that, that's probably the big ones for me. Mm. And like a lot of double A games, like because even myself, I default quite heavily to the triple A's, like the big hitters where, you know, whether it be our, our, our lovely friends over at Play On, pardon me, or some of those other, you know, various places. Like we tried like Relicta. That was fun. You know, or just like, these other weird sort of uh, side games. Like what was it? The uh, oh, Entropy shit. Center. 
That's that's what I was gonna say. What was that? What was that bloody portal esque entropy center? Puzzle? Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah, a bunch of really cool the, just games. Like now, granted, my memory's hot garbage, and I play and we play so many games, I don't remember them all. But like they were sort of the ones. They're just ones that I wouldn't have popped up until I popped up in my email. And went, oh, hello, let's give you a bill. And that's that's kind of been one of the great sort of opportunities that, that we have. I think we've got a couple more. Popsy has evolved a lot since its radio beginnings through game reviews, plays through products, reviews, movie discussions, and of course, the wrestling. Is there anything you would like to try slash revisit in the future? So now, like obviously the pop culture when it first started X amount of years ago, we did cover like the four pillars, which was movies, TV, comics, and games. Very quickly once the team the team was a lot larger there was a team of five at the time and then it dropped down to three and then it kind of dropped down to two and then it reopened a bit more when Jem came on board to do young and the wrestlers but for me what i have a lot more enjoyment in is doing the niche content the specialty content so obviously whether it be the playstation show is, is a big one i love focusing on this really hard something that i care about um, and Young and the Wrestlers was a ton of fun too, because admittedly that show is what got me into the wrestling industry. Like f- without doing that show and sort of reviewing Deathmatch Down Under, that's what got me knowing the management team, which then yeah. got me a job in there, which then got me, which is funny enough because that's how I got my job now at the Manshake is by making content, getting involved with the Manshake, doing their podcast. Now I work for them. Like it's been very up, like this, this content as a whole has been very opportunistic for me. We used to do a lot more streams and stuff as well. And I have, I constantly want to, I consider doing streams again, because I do have a lot of fun just streaming and playing games, but like it's the, it's the demand that does that time demand of it that always kind of makes it hard. And I guess in a lot of ways, my, my grind desire I don't have it anymore. Like I used to, like I still would like the show to do well and succeed and be grow and become one of the major voices of PlayStation in the country. But I, I don't have that like just in me to like hustle and like push really hard and, you know, like doing it for near a decade, you know, 300 episodes of this show or near on a decade as, as a whole, like I'm done. Like I, 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 I also know I talked about this before like the damage that I caused to my family unit by the level of grind and focus that I put into my content. Cause I did it almost the exclusive to ex- with the exclusion of everything else. And I never want to do that again. I, I think there's a little bit of me going, well, I, I can't commit too hard to this because I know what could happen. So there's always that. And I kind of like having my, my, like my nights back and getting to do things and have fun. And, and I like that we just get to do this show every week. Like even so much so that I'm contemplating rebranding everything to just for the players. Cause that's pretty much the only thing that we do now. And I might help with traffic, you know, it might help specialize a little bit. I'm thinking I might do it 300 episodes later. Like why not? Right. We have, it's been a long while since we've done the young and the wrestlers. We haven't done movie content in a while, anything like that. It's probably just a, probably a good time, but you know, I would like, to, I, w- I, w- I always wanted to do like, you know, s- video essays and stuff like that as well. But I much, I love the dialogue that comes with doing this and, you know, maybe some more episodes of like more of the players and stuff like that, those little supplementary things. But knowing our schedules, 
Like I know that there is a limit to what I could do. What about you, yeah, Max? Obviously, sure. obviously, like you never dived into the streaming side of things. You've kind of come on to this only this. Is there anything that you'd want to try with what we do? See, part of me would like to do like those Let's Play style videos. Yeah, like when and we used to do other, that. And, yeah. then the, and then the other part of me is like, I don't think I'm entertaining enough or engaging enough if I'm pl- like, I tend to focus on what I'm doing too much. And I know like, <clears throat> even it, like when I first started doing this show, I struggled to take notice of the chat. Whereas now I'm actively looking at it constantly. And I feel that if I'm doing, I tend to, I know myself, I kind of lose myself in the tasks that I'm doing, especially mm. if I'm playing video games, that I would just completely forget that I would have a quote unquote audience watching me. I think I would be a terrible, terrible person. But I, I also think that like the dynamic that you and I have in this show is I'm that energy. Like I'm the intense. You're the almost like the straight man, like the mellow. Like you always break out of that too in terms yeah, of I, get silly <clears throat> and make fun and all that sort of stuff. I'm, I'm, I'm purely here for, to keep structure on point. <laughs> I just saw, like, I think I just saw your mum in a towel walk down the hallway. Yeah, you certainly did. It was off camera. Yeah, but you know, everyone nice. at home, you can imagine that. Imagine Max, but as a woman and older, and that's what you just—that's what we just saw. We just saw the backside of. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so obviously that, yeah, that'd be something that's that's fun to do. From like a, um, a the live streams are always fun. Like mm-hmm. let's play videos are cool, but like they themselves take editing, and. Yeah. Uh, you just, you just got to do it raw, especially. <laughs> yeah, like, it's, like even the nature of what I love about doing the pods is because we just one take it. Yeah, and I cut the front except off. For cut, our, except for our intros. Yeah, so I do like three intros, but like I cut the front off, cut the back off, add thumbnails, whatever, pff, send it on out, and like that level of because I was finding that the level of uh, of like engagement, I could spend like twenty hours editing something, and it would get the same traction as if I fucking did it in one shot. Yeah, for sure. So I was like, well, let's just do the one shot. So like I have the I have the entire setup I have in here is I come in, I press one button on the Steam Deck, it boots up all the programs that I need to use. I make it as easy as possible. And that's always been the design to make it as fun and simple as possible. Um, but like I w- I'd, I'd be super keen to do streams again and maybe like one day a week rather than like the as many as I did. But even then, like what if I don't want to do it that way? You know what I mean? Like, I, I, like there's that routine that comes with it as well. Like, and, you know, knowing, like, the schedule is important that, like, obviously, you know, that da- we record this show at the same time every week on Twitch and we get a lot of regular viewers. And then I don't know whether, like, that would change if we, you know, if I added something else into the fold. Um, you know, like, I, ne- you know, I don't want to do any, like, I do, as much as I enjoyed The Young and the Wrestlers, wrestling was something that I, I, I came on that, that, that I got when my day job was games, my side hustle was games and I was burnt out. So wrestling came to me as a mental health check as something I didn't have to make content on. And then I made it something to make content because I just wanted an excuse to talk about it. And, but that back then I didn't know how to just enjoy something mm. where now, like I still critique things and I have it, you know, I have, I have a ton of fun, but I love being able to enjoy stuff for myself again. So yeah, look, maybe streams will come back if there's demand, people are interested. Yeah, sure, why not? But um, yeah, it's certainly, it's certainly a possibility. And I'd like to see if there's anything that you'd want to do, Max, as well. 
you know, maybe there's something that you know tickles your interest. Let's do something a bit. What, what a bit happens? More. What happens to the cooking stream? Oh yeah, you got a got a God of War cookbook. I do have a God, of, and and I found a bunch of other cookbooks too. There's a D and D one. There's a Destiny one. I found an Elder Scrolls one. For me, it was just like the idea of setting up all. The, I, I admittedly, I just fucking completely forgot about it. But I, I actually that would that would be that would have still been fun. I have a new kitchen now. You do have a new kitchen now. Can we use your kitchen? Sure, why not? Ooh. And that, that yeah, both of us would be actually that'd be cool. All right, I'll think about it. We'll, we'll make that happen too. Next question. If you were caught in a Groundhog Day loop, aren't I already? Uh, what game would you be happy to play over and over and over and over? Or what else would you do? This would be... This is easy. Um, currently, it's the game that I'm currently playing over and over and over again. That's fucking Call of Duty DMZ. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alternatively, with the amount of times that I reread books, like not that hard to <laughs> to relive a day over and over and over again. See, for me, yeah. it's tough because I don't like I don't like replaying shit because I don't. Well, so that's where the that's where the benefit of playing of having one of those live service games is fun. Like you, it doesn't matter how many times you play Rocket League, you're never gonna say you're never gonna play the same game twice. Mm. It doesn't matter how many times you play Warzone, you're never gonna play the same. Yeah, game but that actually makes me anxious knowing that there's never an end. And like knowing that the way my my Adahada brain works, I got to have something new. And that's the other advantage of what we do, right? It's, I didn't know it at the time, but like, if you're like, hey, you can just play Call of Duty. I'm like, ew. I'd eventually probably get good at it, which would be cool. But like, you know, maybe <laughs> it like, would be- <laughs> Yeah, if I, I don't get murdered by 45 bots while Max is standing next to me and none of them even notice you there. Um, well, maybe get like, you know, maybe gas simulator. No, like I think that maybe like Harvest Moon, like because I can just replay that over and over again and just make it better. Anything like that, I think those simple repetitive games would probably be fun. Stardew Valley or a- like Stardew Valley, I guess. Yeah, anything like that, which are AF off my farming game, so that's pretty fun. And then I can just run it again and I can do it a little bit differently. Know, you you hit Cult of the Lamb pretty hard. You could probably yeah, but I finished it though. I hit it hard until I finished it. Yeah. See, Cult of the Lamb, like that's a game I probably wouldn't have checked out had I not done the show. Here you go. This is a good one. We got two, I think we've got two left. Man, this might, might be the last one. Congratulations on 300 shows. Thank you. <laughs> what character from a game have you had sexual thoughts about? I don't know. See, like, I'm not, like, I, I tend to get, like, you know, uh, uh, satisfaction from, like, real people. Like, I don't I, have waifus. No, I, I don't like, I don't, I don't like animated I don't, shit. I, you know what I mean? Like, they play a lot of weeby games, but no. I don't think, I, yeah, there's been, I'm sure there's been someone like, oh, hello, you're all right. But like, that's about it. Like when you look over at like, you know, I think it was uh, 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 the Street Fighter with us, that woman who's like sticking her asshole out and it's like, come, you'd put like a fucking cup of coffee in there and it wouldn't fall over. And there's like just fucking boobage everywhere. Like, I don't know. Like, I, I don't really, I don't tend to have that response. Ryan's thinking back to playing Resident Evil 7 in VR. He's like, I'm like, mm, yeah, that's right. D- Daddy fucking, what's his name? I'm like, oh, I want to smash him. And he comes in with a shovel and his big, you know, yellow jumpsuit. I'm like, ooh. I thought I'd be that. I might have been eight. <laughs> My bad. Which one? Oh, that was, I was thinking of, oh, it's the fucking gross thing from uh, from eight. You know, the when the, the, the big weird <laughs> the baby. Weird body horror baby. Body horror baby. Um, yeah. I'm looking at my shelf because maybe there's a game that like, it makes me think of something. 
definitely Crash Bandicoot. This it's is... definitely Crash Bandicoot, or it might be Tally from South Park. <laughs> no, I, I, because I, I, I also don't, like, I also don't like align with like the the an- anthropomorphic animals as well. Like, you know, like I foam stars as an example, clearly very sexualized. No, not for me. Nothing about that is even remotely appealing to my penis. I'm looking over, I mean, if I look over my shelf over here, is there anything that, that gets me going? Is there anything that gets me going? I don't think so. I'm literally, I'm like, I'm like, should, should I be proud of that? I think I feel I should be. Hmm. Anyway, final question. The thunder jaw from. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Big robo weenus. Big robo weenus. Uh, the big eye thing from Doom because it just like it looks like a giant testicle, and I, maybe that's the one that gets me there. All right, final question: Do you think the Silent Hill remaster will be any good or exaggerate any flaws? And we just don't remember because of the nostalgia. Um, I'm concerned about this Netflix TV show or that's whatever whoever. Um, is picking up as one of those fucking choose your own adventures um but <clears throat> this re- i think this remake is just going to disappoint a lot of loyal fans yeah i think uh, i'm excited for it in the same way because i love silent hill silent hill was my horror f- like, f- like franchise way before resident evil was the fact that it's not a remake of one i think is the concern for me i th- i, I th- I think these guys can't win no matter what they do. Yeah, and Bloober team don't have a good track record. And that is a point of concern. Everyone sees sees Silent Hill through rose-colored glasses. And it'll either be like, this isn't how I remember it. Or it's like, that's not what it was like. There's no, like, yeah. Yeah, because the challenge that they're going to have, and we saw this when they did the HD remasters to PS3, was they sort of removed some of the fog because they could re- the render distance could be greater now because the reason with Silent Hill One like the fog was so close was because the PS One literally couldn't re- render any more of the game hence the really weird camera angle but I, Silent Hill works in its atmospheric capacity because of that fog because of the restricted views and with the power of these consoles, they're going to want to like push that fog back. And I think it might lose a lot of its grittiness. It's, oh, come it's on. the PS five has the power of the clouds. That's why we it does have the power of the clouds. Um, I think that yeah. might be the thing. I think they might focus on the wrong parts of what makes it or made it scary. Um, or what made it intriguing in the same way that the movies failed to capture it. Or oh, fuck. Even the Silent Hill franchise failed to capture post three i liked silent hill for the room i thought it was fine but like you know homecoming was trash shattered memories was trash whatever the other one there was a third one another one that came out afterwards also trash book of memories book of memories that's the one that was also trash too so like even the people that made silent hill didn't get silent hill really so i think there there's a higher chance that it would shit that would go poorly and very similar like konami 
are doing the same approach here that they're doing with Metal Gear, is that they're farming it to fucking mid-level teams. They're not willing to spend the money. I imagine that, like, the pachinko machine that they made for Silent Hill is way more production value than the fucking Blooper team are putting into this. And the same team, the, you know, Virtuous are putting into things. Like, why would they farm it off to a fucking, like, shitty sub-studio like Virtuous? They're fine. But, like, wouldn't you want to invest in someone fucking, like, better? That's just me personally, anyway. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a lack in their desire to to demonstrate putting their their money in into it. But there you go. That is all the cues uh, A's to your cues, uh, and that does bring us to the end of episode three hundred. Um, as I said at the top of the show, and we said it throughout. Um, thank you, uh, for doing this for whether it be you, Max, for choosing to do this each and every week for you know 150 plus episodes um and of course big shout out to to josh saunders as well um the one that started not just the pop scene with me nine years ago to the day but also started what is for the players and little did we realize that 300 that this would be going for 300 episodes so maybe we would have chosen a name that wasn't so blatantly someone else's copyrighted um trademark that probably we would have reconsidered a different name had I known that we'd be going for 300 episodes. Yeah, now that we're here at 300 episodes, you've quite literally just said 20 minutes ago that you're thinking about rebranding everything to For the Players. Yes. The, <laughs> hence what has to be For the Players, the Pop Culture Question Podcast. I've got to talk about it in full because I can't just call it For the Players because that is someone else's trademark. The full name I can get away with. Um, and granted, <laughs> no. like once I said, if we're doing this for 300 episodes, kindly PlayStation Australia have never had an issue the only issue we ever had was when we tried to make shirts and they went the logo is just fucking the sacred symbols take it away like that's fair um and i just uploaded again like a week later uh, <laughs> but no seriously like i mean that you know big thank you to everyone um that has helped make this show happen whether it be yourself max or josh or all the pr people or you know friends that have guested on the show whether it be paul or jono or joel or you know, anyone that, that's, that's come in and, and, and done it. And, but of course the big thank you all goes out to you, the, the viewers, the listeners, the people that are engaged in our community, you know, we would do the show anyway, because it's fun, but it makes it even better knowing that we have people like you that choose to listen to this every week or, you know, or download it every week and binge watch it and listen to another time, you know, like it, it, it's, it's, it's still the absolute highlight of my week. And I, I can't imagine, once I've been for so long, I couldn't imagine my life without it. And I do hope that I get to do this show for another 100 episodes, 200 episodes. And then, you know, it'd be cool to hit my 40s and still be doing this fucking stupid show. Um, yeah, no, as I said, like it's... When, when I pitched the idea of what would be the Pop C to Josh when we were working at Dan Murphy's here in Geelong together... I didn't expect it would get to this point. I didn't expect it would give me opportunities that I simply wouldn't have considered, whether it be the job that I have now, um, the job that I just stepped away from, the opportunities to go to the likes of you know Nintendo Australia in the Melbourne head office and play play some games, make friends, make connections, have be able to explore incredible opportunities in my in in my life. Um, to be able to sort of express myself and, and what I love. And each and every week I get to come here and sit in front of a camera and just be me and share that with the world. 
and the world seems to be okay with it, or at least a small part of the world seems to be okay with it. You know, and that's, that's fucking amazing. How many people can get to do that? And like, you know, that's things well. Like you guys have seen in the last nine years, or even the last 300 episodes, like a, a staggering amount of changes in our lives, in my life, you know? Like I was, you know, I, Pop C, like my son wasn't born when I started, you know? So I got to talk about being a father and talking about, you know, how I had a really fucking huge mental breakdown once my son was born. Um, you know, and then I got to talk about sort of those struggles and you, and you got to sort of see me go through all these things. And even in the last two years, like with this show, you've, you saw what happened when my marriage fell apart and you saw what happened when I picked myself up. You saw me with my ADHD diagnosis. You saw me where I am now and the, hopefully the better, the better position, the better person that I, that I'm seeking to be. And, you know, we also, I got to do my weight loss journey with this show as well. So you got to see me fundamentally change my life and my body. You know, it, I guess for many people, this is just a show that we pump out every week. But in a lot of ways, it means a lot more to me. It's, it's something greater than I ever thought I could achieve or do, or, you know, all paths that I never thought would, would come ahead of me. So yeah, no, I, I, I'm very appreciative and very reflective on, on what we do. And it's fun to be one of the three, maybe four PlayStation podcasts made in this country. Um, it's a pretty cool, pretty cool title to have. And I love doing it to, to this day, each week. I love fucking doing it. So, uh, yeah. Thank you, everyone. You're too sick and tired to fucking say something nice, I'm sure. And I think I'm too too bloody sick to say the outro. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, <clears throat> you know, similar to your sentiments, this is... Um, I'm pretty sure I was kidless when I started doing you this. You were kidless when we started this. So, you know, I've got one now, one more on the way. Been a crazy... You're in your own house that you own? Yeah, in my own house now. Finally got rid of those fucking shitty curtains in my backdrop. Mm -hmm. It's been it's been a hell of a hell of a ride. Yeah. So hopefully many more to come. Oh, it we ain't done yet. We ain't done yet. Because I don't want to pay for games again. So that's thing one. No, I'm just kidding. And I enjoy doing it. And look, uh, you know, look, PAX is around the corner. We've we've got confirmations that our passes will be there. So we'll most definitely uh, be over there, Pax weekend. Max, maybe not so much. Cause I think your kids due around then, and so is your wedding. Yeah. Anniversary. Like your wedding anniversary, you skipped the last couple <coughs> wedding, years. That's no, fine. wedding anniversary was is at the end of October. Ah. Padge who was <laughs> supposed. That's to That's right. Padge was dodging out on his wedding anniversary. Yeah, Padge dodged out, dodged out on his. Last but didn't year. didn't your mum say she'd be like, yeah, I'll come down and look after the kids. So you can go play your games. Yeah, mum totally said that she'd come down. Well, she'd be down anyway for, for birth of child number two. So. Yeah, yeah. And look, if she's comfortable enough to walk around fucking butt-ass maybe, naked maybe, in the back of our live streams, I'm sure she can look after your kid. That's maybe fine. I can do a Friday. <laughs> I'll come for the press morning. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come to the press hour and bugger off. I'll do the I'll do the, the tour and be like, nah, nah. Mm. See you later. <laughs> Should be exciting. Hopefully we can... I came, I went, I toured. Yeah. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be cool to sort of obviously meet some more people and stuff as well. But yeah. <clears throat> But yeah, yeah and of sure. course, yeah, that's a, that goes out to you as well, man. Big thank you to you, because I said when Josh when Josh stepped away, I thought the show was going to be done. I, I was yeah. like, I didn't know what you know. I was like, fuck, what the fuck am I going to do? Like this show was built on Josh and my dynamic, and what we had built and created. Yeah. Um. And then you just coming in and like slipping in like perfectly fine, and then 
and I've talked about this, but I've talked about this a thousand times, but even like watching you grow as a podcaster, as, as a, as a reviewer, like how, like it, how you communicate and how you express your, your, your thoughts and opinions on games has only gotten staggeringly better. Um, even so much so that as we discussed, I remember when you got your first fucking guest gig, when you're like, Hey, the guys from news reviews asked me to come do their show. I was like, fucking A. Like that's yeah. incredible. I, I, I love going and playing with those guys. They're good fun. Yeah, it's cool. It's fucking. It's been it's been good fun. I've you know I've I've had a, a few opportunities. I got to do some review discussions over um with 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 Padge mm. and um and some of the people that he he works with and yeah this is this has given me a lot of good opportunities and I've met some awesome absolutely awesome people from doing this show. Did you ever think this would be something that, that I would never that I would never have met otherwise? Um, no, I don't think this is something that I ever thought I would do. Mm. Um. But super glad that I got the opportunity to do so. So shout out to Josh for <laughs> bailing, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Josh. I guess. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, let's wrap this up because it is. This is like a two-hour episode. This bitch is long. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all right. Uh, well, everyone, as you all know, you've you've heard me say it like 150 plus times. This place. <laughs> Session happens every Monday morning at 8 a.m. on podcast services, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and 9 a.m. on those YouTubes. But if you'd like to take part in future conversations with us, come check out our socials, Facebook, Discord, Instagram, Twitter. All of those links can be found in the description below. If you want to join the conversation as it happens, head over to twitch.tv slash thepopculturist where you can watch us record the show live, where you can jump in the chat and become part of the show. If you want to support the show, you can tell your friends, tell your family about this position pod. If you are listening on podcast services, be sure to give us a five-star rating and a written review. If you're going to watch us on YouTube, be sure to like, subscribe, or comment below. I endeavor to answer every single comment. If you want to support us financially, you can at patreon.com slash popculturist, as well as our merchandise store, popculturist.com slash shop, where you can buy shirts and other assorted shit with our logos on it. But until next week, I'm Ryan Betson. I'm Max Cooper. And that was for the players. And for y'all. And for y'all. For y'all, the players. That's how, that's how I get around it. I'll rebrand it.